From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Over the Top Cycling, presented by Gerard Cycles. And we had a really great discussion with Cormac McGo about Iron Horse Bicycle Classic, uh, so much so that uh, I thought we'd like to get to meet him a little bit better. So, Cormac, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, of course, George. Good morning. So you were kicked back watching the Tour de Suisse this morning? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Matthew Vanderpool killing it. Nice. So what's that like as someone who is a professional cyclist to be watching a, a different race and not being there doing it? <laughs> yeah, it's really motivating. Actually, you see guys that you've raced with and that you know or whatever, and they're there and you're not. So, uh, you know, you want to be there. So gets you motivated and gets you off the couch right after it's done on, onto the bike seat. <laughs> well, then I will hurry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no rush there. So, Cormac, tell us about yourself and growing up. When did you first get interested in riding a bike? Well, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Washington. Uh, and uh, my father, he's from Ireland. So, uh, naturally, you know, he meets other people in the U.S. or fellow immigrants. So, um, I was introduced to John Sheehan. He's a big influential character in the Pacific Northwest. He owns a bicycle company, Dried Cycles. Um, anyway, so I met him and, uh, I was messing around with mountain biking a little bit, but, um, yeah, he, he liked what he saw. I guess we went on like a little road ride together once and, uh, he thought I had some potential. So he, coached me and helped me and mentored me um and uh basically encouraged me to race and um just not not to be an idiot and how to use my brain and races and all this stuff so he's uh one of my biggest motivators and uh has been one of my biggest mentors throughout my career and definitely got my he got me my start in road cycling because before that i was just waffling around on the mountain bike for fun how old were you when you started road cycling probably like uh, i was a uh, 16 or 17 wow so you really haven't been at it all that long no because i well i i did racing in like colorado high school league because uh-huh. um, i moved there after um my uh middle school age years and uh then uh, when I went to Fort Lewis College here in Durango, too, I really got going on the road bike. But I that was like my first foray into competition. Um, you know, John encouraged me to join the road team and everything here. So, yeah. Any chance you remember your first road race? Uh, my first road race shouldn't be as, this hard to remember. <laughs> um, God, where was it? I think it was... Hmm. Can edit this out, I guess. Me thinking, because I now I really want to remember this because I should know it. I'm just wondering <sighs> if, if there were any revelations that day of, oh my god, I don't want to do this anymore, or you know, this is something I, I kind of like. <laughs> well, it's a shame that I can't remember it at this moment. And so, as soon as we're done talking, I'm going to go fish out the results. But yeah, it was a collegiate race. Um, a sea race and uh, I just from that moment I knew I was obsessed with I was going to be obsessed with road cycling and road racing (laughs) yeah what was it that really grabbed you what 
parts of road racing did you feel you kind of had some strengths well just with the mountain bike you know it's kind of like it's not there's not as much tactics and there's not as much thinking going on it's just kind of ride hard and it's, it's actually a lot more work than you think to like figure out how hard to go and like pace yourself and that sort of thing whereas like road cycling you just kind of you know you're at the mercy of everyone else in the race and you you don't have to think about that part as much but then you, you think about like obviously there's a lot of strategy and stuff that goes into it so it's just kind of refreshing when you make make a strategic call and it pays off and i remember feeling that instantly just choosing the right moment to attack you know and getting away and winning it feels really good so at what point did you actually start to entertain the thought that maybe I can make a living doing this? Yeah, well, you know, I was kept busy with college. Um, so I had that excuse, you know, to, to stay away from the real world for a bit longer. Um, so I just raced throughout college. And then in my later years at Fort Lewis College, I... Uh, I was pretty dedicated to racing, like, full-time. Like, when I was a Cat 1, I uh, just raced all over the U.S. during that summer. And then I also I went to Ireland also for the Ross Talton, which is a famous eight-day stage race in Ireland, one of the hardest races I've ever done, or at least it felt that way when I did it. Um, did Cascade Classic. I did, I did lots of races. I didn't have a team or anything. I just kind of guest rode for various different teams. I was a mercenary, um, as they say. So that was really when I, when the thought really got into my head. And then the year after that, I was on the Jelly Belly cycling team, um, which was a fantastic year and opportunity. It was uh, the best first year as a professional, I think, to ask for. Um, just doing lots of races in America and Asia. It was a nice, pleasant. Uh, entry into the sport and that working with Danny Van Hout yes yeah Danny and uh, Matt Rice as a director sportif what a great learning experience that must have been yeah like I said it was perfect like it wasn't it wasn't like a baptism of fire or anything uh just but I learned a lot you know I realized how stupid I was and how I um (laughs) I wasn't as smart as I thought you know, so it was perfect. So first of all, how did you get selected to Jelly Belly? And then what happened after that first year? Are you recruited? Uh, how does a, a rider end up with a pro team? Well, I got onto Jelly Belly. Just, I just showed up at most of the UCI races in the U.S. Um, and I, I wasn't, I didn't have any crazy results or anything, but I just showed that I could be there. I had a good friend, uh, Keegan Schorbel, who was on Jelly Belly at the time. So he kind of introduced me to Danny and we started talking and eventually agreed on me racing for them the next year. So that's how that worked. And as far as moving forward, it's tricky to say, you know, it's just, uh, it's making connections, it's getting results. Um, so you certainly are getting those results. How did you get selected to the Wildlife Generation Pro Cycling Team? Well, I in 2019, I went to Europe and I raced for uh, an Irish continental team called Evo Pro Racing. And uh, it was a great experience racing lots of one-day classics in Belgium and France, Germany, Spain. Um, but 
it just didn't really work for me. I had a few troubles just being away from home and being away from loved ones. And, um, I made a lot of mistakes, but I learned a lot from that experience. But after that, I, uh, hit up Danny again because he's who managed Jelly Belly as well. He also manages Wildlife Generation just under the title of our new sponsor, Wildlife Generation Pro Cycling. So, yeah, I reached out to Danny and he, uh, he was happy to have me back. Uh, I think, I think we might've even agreed that I was coming back through a text message or something like without even having called first or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've actually had a number of interviews with Danny and, uh, cool. one of the things we talked about is that, you know, what's it like for him to help develop riders and, uh, build them up because, you know, the goal is to get you onto a pro team and so Jelly Belly is, and Wildlife Generation Pro is doing this amazing job of helping riders develop, but it's for you guys to move on. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, Danny and Matt Rice, they're, I couldn't ask for a better pair of bosses. They're, uh, they're fantastic guys, and Danny's been around the block for like what's it been 25 years or something 20 20 plus years for sure of managing and organizing cycling teams so uh and then rice matt rice is a was a great rider uh himself but also he made he made a lot of mistakes as a rider but that's that's what makes him such a great director <laughs> too um yeah so it's really great having those guys be able to share their experience with us and what are your goals in cycling? My goals in cycling, just to just to keep moving forward, moving moving up. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy being a domestique or whatever whatever opportunity is there in the world tour uh, for me. I'm happy to be there just just to be at the bigger races and take part in bigger events. We are going to be following you throughout this season, and uh, you've got a big stage race coming up in a couple of months, correct? Yes, uh, in just a month, actually, just under a month, uh, the team is headed back to Europe. We're going to Romania for the Tour of Sibiu, which is a beautiful race in uh, amazing mountains in Romania. Um, and then there's some racing in Turkey right after that, some more racing in Turkey, a uh, few one-day races, and then after that, season's a little bit up in the air, but uh, it looks like things all over the world and uh, in America, too, are heading in the right direction with regards to COVID and stuff, so hopefully things become more clear soon. Well, Cormac, it's great getting to chat with you. I really look forward to following your career. Yeah, thanks, George. I can't wait until our next chat. From the over. It. From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.